What do you do when you feel compelled to keep going, even though you know you're about to make a horrible mess of what you're doing? Hello everybody and welcome to Art Juice. This is the podcast with honest, generous and humorous conversations that will feed your creative soul and get you thinking with me, Alice Sheridan. And me, Louise Fletcher. And this is episode 81. We haven't decided yet what we're going to call it, but we've just been discussing it to and fro a little bit on Facebook Messenger because that's the kind of sophisticated organization <laughs> system that we have in place. Um, and it's funny because Louise messaged me and said, have we spoken about getting out of a creative rut or being in the doldrums? And I said, yeah, I think we've done it about a million times. <laughs> and she said, well, I'm not sure that specifically. So that's what it is going to be about. But in talking about it a little bit before we started recording, we've really realized that it's not so much the issue of getting out of a creative rut. That's more like we're turning it into a bigger thing than it is. It's more just what it feels like when you have a bad week in the studio. So it happens. That's what we're going to be talking about. Or even a bad few weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit harder, isn't it? So before we get stuck into that, what have you been working on this week? Or do we need to just save that until we get into the main question? Um, what else in your week? Then? Well, what else? So I'll save my painting and just talk about very briefly. And so I'm teaching a course and I have my membership and I've mentioned this. It's two things running at once. So it's a lot. And we got super fast broadband installed, extra super fast broadband installed throughout the house. And that should make it easy now to upload videos and things to, to uh, my membership and to the course. But it hasn't. So, okay. like, for example, last night I did an artist interview for my membership, finished it at 7.30 and finally got the video uploaded at 12.30, that, you know, in the morning. How big is the video? It was an hour long Zoom call. Yeah, but how um, long? How big in terms of storage? It was 2.2 something. That's it quite big. It, it That's is quite, quite big. big. And you don't need it to be that big for a Zoom call. You need to be running it through handbrake first. Oh, okay. Well, we can talk about that separately. But anyway, <laughs> I was very frustrated because some days I can upload those Zoom calls in half yep. an hour. Yep. And some days, and I realized, like, when the guys came to do the fast internet, I said, I'm trying to get a faster upload speed. Is that possible? He said, honestly, at the moment, I think they're going to fob you off and not give you a straight answer because the world's internet is basically overloaded and mm. they're struggling to keep up with everyone and they're not going to be able to give you extra speeds until things calm down with everybody using Zoom and kids on video games and, you know, the world's internet is just apparently maxed out. So, um, so lots of frustration technologically, but on the other hand, um, I'll talk more about this in inspiration, but the, the combination of the two, although it's very tiring is also really inspiring and yeah. the good things are happening in both areas. It's just because I'm an inveterate people pleaser when I can't get the video up instantly, when I know people are waiting for it, it's, it's just, ugh, I just want to get it there for them and not have them have to wait five hours it's just frustrating isn't it and sometimes it gets sometimes I find things get 75 percent of the way there and then I don't know your computer decides to go to sleep and it cuts off yep. and then you have to restart and oh it's very yeah. tedious <laughs> very very tedious so anyway that's been my week it's a bit frantic what about okay. you um well I've had quite a good week actually um I posted a an image on Instagram, which interestingly has been my best ever image. Don't know whether it was the image, don't know whether it was the hashtag, but it has brought me a lot of new followers. It had a massive organic reach. It had an organic reach of 95% of my follower numbers. Wow. Which is pretty awesome. So I did something right in that image. Anyway, I had a message very quickly from somebody who said she loved it and she wanted to buy it. And we had the price. And I said I would include free shipping in that. And I quickly arranged a trip over to the photographer because I thought I've had such a response to this painting. I'd better get a decent photograph of it. And now she's gone quiet. So I don't know <laughs> if yeah. she wants it or if she doesn't. 
to be honest, I don't mind that much because if she doesn't want it, it will go to this event that I'm, that's happening at the end of September. But I was looking through questions that, that come in for the show. And we had this from Janice that was in response to a previous episode about having work rejected that I think Ruth had, had, had given in. And Janice wanted to say that, you know, she's also had this. She was getting nice feedback from somebody who was a friend. She was loving every piece I posted. And then she contacted me came to my house, chose two paintings that I'd done, spent a long time deciding which one to buy and finally chose two. Felt great. I wanted to add the wire on the back. She said she'd come back the following day to pick them up. And then she never did. Janice (sighs) called her to ask if she was coming. She said the following day, it went on and on and on. And she said, "It's, it's a very difficult thing that and it made me feel kind of quite crushed and confused it was embarrassing too I'd counted my chickens before they hatched she said people knew that I had sold those two paintings and everybody was happy for me I had no choice but to put my head down and get back to work keep going keep painting and I did and eventually I moved on I realized I love to paint more than I care what people think and I also realized I'm not alone and I just thought that was it's interesting isn't it how that came up and so I just wanted to say hello (laughs) happens to me too yeah so you know I think we just have to have faith that when there is something like that and it is a sale that in inverted commas falls through there was just something that wasn't right for it and I think it's great to follow up and I followed up with this lady I don't want to push her I don't want to force her into making a decision that's not right obviously but I also know we get busy we get busy we get distracted with other things in our mind sometimes I know I do this in my mind it's a done deal but I haven't actually written to the person and said yeah I'm serious here's the money so um I'm not totally given up on it but I'm also in this thing that that Janice said is you have to get to the stage where actually you haven't you're not investing everything in this one sale coming off and if it doesn't happen it's not a reflection of you it's just the time or the timing or the person or something wasn't right so it's a tough one but there we go yeah it is it's really I I've I haven't had exact that exact situation but I had one where I sold a big painting at open studios that first morning it really you know jazzed me up for the event and then she rang up the next day and said actually it's too big for my house can I have my money back yeah and um that was such a disappointment but what happened is it sat in my it was hanging in my kitchen for a few months and then uh and it was on my website and then someone rang up and asked to buy it and came and picked it up so if one person loved it someone else will too yeah yeah it's a difficult situation to be in though. So yeah, there we too. go. So a week of ups and downs for me, but it was lovely actually to kind of race over and see the photographer. The last time I saw him was just before lockdown. Yeah, um, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's struggling a bit. He's, he's wondering whether to keep his studio. Um, so I did kind of prompt him into saying, you know, there's a lot of artists. I could put the word out for you. You could have a studio day once a month, twice a month and just make, you know, because part of a lot of it is in the setup. Once he's got the camera set up or he's got the lights set up, if he had four time slots through the day and you could book in and get your work photographed. Yeah. So specializing always works in any business. So it doesn't mean he couldn't do other things, but if he set himself up as a specialty art photographer, I know but the thing is he's got years of experience and his specialty is specific you know those amazingly beautiful shots of drinks and whiskey where every single drop and ice cube is perfectly photographed and the light is just gorgeous that's his real skill level so photographing flat paintings is probably a little bit boring if I'm honest yeah but if you need to make a living I know I know I think it's a good idea I think you did him a favor there yeah so we'll see so if, if if I talk to him more about that and encourage him anybody in uh in London who can get to um East London parking you can park there drop off so we'll see let me know send me a message if you think that would be good and then I can say to him yes look I've got lots of people who would be up for this it's worth getting yourself organized for it 
Right, the main topic then, and you came to me with this, and I, as I said at the beginning, I felt that we'd already discussed the issue of going down cul-de-sacs um, mm-hmm. in episode 79, but that is slightly different. So that was kind of realizing or recognizing when perhaps things had come to a bit of a dead end for you. And what we're talking about today is slightly different, but you tell me in your words what it is that you think that this topic is about. Yeah, so for me, it's, a, it's that feeling that those times when you go to pain and everything you do makes things worse and you've, you just seem to have completely lost any ability to make anything better. You might even, you might or might not know what you're trying to do. That varies, I think, when these times hit. And because I always enjoy painting, I don't ever get to the point where I start procrastinating and avoiding. And maybe it would be a good thing if I did. But what I really always love the times I get to come and paint, so I'll keep going. And I actually had this question in my course from someone. It made me smile because she said, what do you do when you feel compelled to keep going, even though you know you're about to make a horrible mess of what you're doing? And she Oh, said, that's a really juicy one. She yeah, said, yeah. nobody else understands this feeling, but I can't help. I know I'm about to just ruin it, but I can't help it. I have to keep going. And I knew exactly what she meant because this week there have been a couple of paintings where I feel like when my dog's going chasing something, I go, leave it. I feel like I need to be saying to myself, leave it, leave it. And instead, this little voice goes, no, you can do it. Come on, just get some paint on it. And then it gets worse. And there was my favorite part of the week was I, and I say that sarcastically, I sanded back a canvas. I didn't even do it right? I said, I I can't sand a canvas. And our builder was here painting the outside of the building, my studio. So he said, oh, I'll do it. I'll put some wood behind it and sand the canvas off for you. So he did that. So he sanded it off and then he went, God, that looks quite good now. It's really textured. (laughs) Anyway, so that was that. But then Phil came in my studio later and he went, oh, wow. (laughs) And I said, oh, what? And I looked around thinking, what does he love? And he went, that one in the middle's amazing. That was the sanded off canvas, which I didn't even do. So, <laughs> so I just felt like, so I, I bit his head off and <laughs> said, you know, that's not even a painting. And thanks for noticing on the ones I've worked so hard on. <laughs> so anyway, he went back in the house with his head, sewing his head back on as he went. And I just, and so then I found these other ones which are small boards, which I had sanded off. No one can see this except you, but I sanded these off and I thought, oh, maybe I've got a whole collection yeah. of things. I could just do, you know, I could just do my paintings, then I could sand them all off, then I could... So I was talking to another artist yesterday and he said, just slap some leveling gel on it, put it in a frame and call it done if everyone loves it. And I was like, but you can't do that, can you? No, you it's can't It's not a painting. Really. So, um, so anyway, yeah. So my uh, issue I wanted to bring to the discussion is what do we do when we, when we get into these times and other than berate ourselves, tell everybody that we're awful, um, tell everybody, you know, there's no point. I can't do anything. That's not productive. So I've got, had some ideas of things I'm going to give a try to, but I wanted to know what you thought as well. It kind of made me laugh when you brought this because I remember last week saying something about how painting isn't always fun and you gave you gave me a hard time about it. You no, were I like, didn't. Yeah, you did. You, <laughs> I you said s- it's always fun. It's, it's always, always fun. fun. It is. Okay, it's always fun until you get to that point where you look at something and you realize, oh, but maybe I yeah. should have stopped. I've messed it up. For me, that's part of the process. That's part of, you know, it's not just about mixing paint and putting it on. When I talk about, you know, the process of painting being fun, it is the, yes, it's the, 
are you in flow? Are you painting? It's great, you know, doing the marks and putting it on. But you've also you've also got to have that sense of satisfaction when you stand back and you think, oh yeah, and actually I improved it. If it's always or not, okay, not always, but when you have those times where you stand back and you think, oh God, I should have left it. It was better this morning or better yesterday. That genuinely isn't so much fun. That's what I was trying to get at last week. So that's why when you messaged me, I was like. I knew. I thought, oh, Alice will love this. But you see, I think that my feeling of it always being fun is part of the problem. I think that's part of the problem. I think that because I love the feeling of it and I don't do anything else that gives me such a good feeling, like I can start going out and drawing or I can go sew some cushion covers. It doesn't give me the same feeling. Gardening, I can do anything creative that I do in my life doesn't give me the same feeling as painting. But I think maybe what I need is a couple of uh, waste canvases. Yeah. Like where when I feel like painting, but I'm doing rubbish, I can come in and paint rubbish on my waste canvases (laughs) and leave the good paintings or the ones that have potential to turn into something until I'm more in the right creative frame of mind. I think maybe that's one of the solutions I've come up with. Yeah, although I think for me personally, I think there is a little bit of a danger in having your waste canvas being mentally a separate thing. Because then you get into this point where you have a division in your mind about which ones are the inverted commas real paintings and which one is your practice painting and actually what will happen is all the good stuff will happen on the practice painting so for me they have to evolve and they have to change and you have to be constantly flipping one into the other I think it's a great idea to always have a painting on the go and there always is one there's always one that's at the bottom of the heap that you don't care about so much yeah I've got a big one in the studio at the moment that um, I would say three months ago I sort of thought it was finished but I obviously didn't quite think it was finished because I never varnished it. And I'm looking at it now and I'm thinking, yeah, I don't care about that. So that's going to get it next time. Like next time I'm in that mood with, with a painting that's propped, ready, waiting, and it's going to go on a radically different journey. And some people might look at it and say, oh no, but it's perfectly good as it is, but it doesn't feel that way to me. So it's got to go. And there was one that happened on Monday. So I was working on these, these, I've got three panels, they're 60 centimeters, they're quite landscapey. I think I've mentioned them before. And I'm just really interested in having much um, softer transitions between spaces and really working on building up lovely, gentle much gentler layers and how you do that so I had these three and one of them I I wanted something stronger in the space as a result of those little thumbnails but there was there was a problem with the division of the space but the whole left hand side of it in the top in the sky I'd really kind of worked on quite carefully quite sensitively I think is the word so there had been a lot that had gone into it and I just looked at it and I just thought but it's, you know, it's not right. And then I covered 70% of the painting in blue paint. And I put a poll on Instagram and I said, did you like it better before or after? Kind of irrelevant because the before has gone now. Yeah. <laughs> but, and it was about 50-50 to be honest. Some people said, oh no, I love the subtlety of it before. Um, but to me, it just felt like oh, that painting needed something different. So that's what I mean about you. I think you've got to keep that capability for treating a painting that roughly, even when it's right in the middle, it is your painting. You can't keep it as a separate, as a separate one that you, is going to be your, your, your practice one to go on first. And now I love the fact that I've got two you know the or the colors on all of them are the same but i've got two that have one sort of feel and another one that you can see is connected but it feels very different that for me makes the whole group much more exciting so i think you but in terms of all i can say is it felt really good to make that bold decision on that painting oh i think it always does 
feel really good to make the bold decision, but I think I can have a tendency when I feel like this to push on with the bold decision when mm. I'm not and mess it up because. But what counts you know, as mess it up? It just looks way worse and it keeps getting worse. So, in what way? So, for, well, I can be specific about there's one behind me which you can see, which is just like soft grays. Mm-hmm. That, um, was really it's meant to be about the sky it was really lovely soft transitions misty areas drips but only subtle very subtle color changes between grays and like a dirty pink color it was really nice at one point and now it's badly applied paint in lots of different ways and each time I've tried to improve it from the last failure it's more badly applied paint. And I, I don't, it doesn't worry me because this is what I, I'm talking to people in my course about. The people, people who earn their beginners, they tend to think, uh, oh, I've had a bad week. I'm just, I should give up. I have no mm-hmm. talent. I have no ability. And even though I'm joking about having said those things, I don't believe that at all. Yeah. I know this is just part of it. And I know it will come round again. And I know, I even know some of the reasons why it's happening. I think partly I'm tired from too many other things. And um, it's, so it's what I make it mean about me. Mm-hmm. So I don't worry about it in the sense that I don't think it means I'll never have a good painting out of it. And I don't think it means that I'm rubbish. And I don't think it means I'll never paint again properly. I just think... If I could figure out a way out of this, some tips and tricks and some things I could do, it would make, um, well, it would make this body of work start moving again because it's all ground to a halt. And, and it would make, what would it make? It would make me feel productive, I suppose. We've talked about this before. I don't feel productive at the moment. I feel like I'm moving backwards. Okay, so I've got a couple of, couple of questions then. So do you feel that it's more that you're mourning the stages of the painting that went before or that you don't have a clear idea of where perhaps you want to move it to? No, I, I think the problem is I did have a very clear idea and I had almost got it there. Yeah. It wasn't quite there. And then I went further and now it's not there at all however having said this what I find interesting about this is I've done a painting like this before and gone over it I've got this I've got this painting to this stage last year and then gone over it with something else because I couldn't resolve it and I felt it wasn't enough and then I got it there again um not not planning to but I just realized oh this is like that painting that I did last year that I I went over in the end and again, I didn't quite get it somewhere that I would have considered resolved. Looking at the photographs now of it as it was, I probably could have said that's resolved. This, this goes back to what you say about every painting doesn't have to do everything. No. It did what I wanted. It did have beautiful feeling of clouds and sky and rain. And it did, to me, have all that. And I probably should have put it aside as I've put many of the others aside, which I'm developing all at once. I've put them aside for now because they're almost there, but I want to get everything else. You know, I don't want to finish one now and then in six months think it's not finished. But anyway, so I don't really know where I'm going with that other than, so no, I did know what I wanted to achieve. I did know. This was going to be the light painting after two dark ones. It was going to be all about soft glazing and um, and just very light layers. And has that changed in terms of what your intentions are for this painting? No, no. no it's just that I'm messing it up now. So instead of it being beautiful, soft transitions, it's scrubby, just somehow not working. So, so, so I've come across this great phrase this week that is, um, a straight road doesn't make a skilled driver. So we all have this, but the key thing to get you out of this and onto the next thing, I think is being really specific about what it is that you lost 
what went wrong and where you want to go. And yeah, that is really headspace thinky. And I don't think we want to do that while we're painting, but we need to do it at the times when we, when we're doing this thing that you're doing and you think, Oh, I've lost it. You've got to You've got to be really brutal with yourself and say, why have I lost it? So what was it? Were, were you painting too thick? No, I, I, why is it not right? You've got to get right. really nail it. I know. See, I think we've, we've got such a different approach to this. I think what went wrong, I was painting with the same brushes. I was painting with watery acrylic paint, which I've been painting with for a while now. Um, I was painting with the same palette. But what was different was I had achieved something. I had a wild painting session on it a few weeks ago fantastic loved it you know really excited about it then then got thinky then got like right I'm nearly there now so I need to think I need to like come up with some decisions and and just move it that bit further forward and so I came up with some decisions put little stickies on it to tell me what I wanted to do next and everything's gone downhill since then because I I'm no longer in that space I was in I'm realizing while I say this to you I wasn't thinking this I'm I'm not in that space I was in of being of having my intention of feeling my intention and then getting on with it instead I was planning and and then every, and then when a move goes wrong if I get in that mindset there's a little bit of me that's like oh here we go it's going wrong do something else it's going wrong do something else I think that happens and I think the challenge for me is accepting. So what were those decisions? That's what I'm trying to nail down. When you say, I mean, there was something about it. There was something about it that wasn't right. Otherwise, you would have kept going in that vein that felt right. So there was something about it that you felt it needed. I wish I could remember. It was it was somewhere I might have I haven't got my phone. I might have a photo of my little stickies because I think I put it on Instagram. But it was things like it needs a bit of dark in the top right hand corner. Um it was applied in what way? That's the bit that I think that's the connection between that's missing between what I'm trying to explain and I think the gap is that it's not just about it's not just about those it's about you've still got to come into it with the same intention and feel of the I agree otherwise it does get to check checky 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 that's negative. I agree I and I think that's what's happening I yep. I am so much better when I'm in my intuitive mind because and I've said this before it is not about splashing paint around randomly when I'm doing that it's not it's but I have a connection to what I'm painting such that if I just let that come through I've done the work I've done the sketching I've done the thinking I've done the photographing I've done the writing about it Mm -hmm. I, I I just need to let it come through I don't think that the process that works for you works for me. I think and it's... every time I try to apply it, I get into trouble. I don't mean you. It's I mean, the same pro- what I'm trying to say is the same process. Is you're, you're saying you've lost the way that you were painting, which, which has killed the painting. And I'm saying what you do is you've got to look at the steps that you did and realize at what point you killed it and what the painting needs. It's the same thing. So what you're saying is, I lost that sense of being in the painting and painting with that yeah. um, expressiveness. That's what so, you've got to get back to. So to get to back to that, mm. and this is where, I, so before we did the, you know, before we got on, I was doing some thinking about this. And I thought to get back in that mindset, yeah, I think that's where I'm struggling because I did approach it that way yesterday. Or, or I thought I was doing, but I just, it didn't get anywhere. And I think that what happens is, and this particular time of year is probably more than any other time, pretty much every ounce of my creativity is going into 
my course mm. because um you know it's constant it's not like you develop a course and you put it out and then and then you just answer a few questions I'm constantly looking for what people need what do people need right film a quick video about that what do they want me to you know what do they need me to say go on a Facebook live and say that and then with the membership how can I keep that active and busy and engaged and everybody feeling good at the same time as this is happening I think on top of that, saying to myself and move these paintings forward and make sure you move everything forward every week is too much pressure mm-hmm. and too much. I think maybe it is a case of, well, maybe I just sand everything. Maybe I just get some old paintings and have a good time sanding everything back for a while while I'm doing this course. Maybe I need a break from trying to move these forward. But there's part of me, and everyone will recognize this that's saying you've been working on this idea now for a year and a half, probably a bit over a year and a half. Not a long time. No, I know, but you feel like, so part of you in the productive former corporate world life goes, you don't get a year and a half to mess about lady, get on with it. (laughs) But it's not a long time. It's a big idea and it's a difficult idea because it's one thing to try and what I was doing before to try and capture the feelings about a landscape is another to layer a whole other thing on top of it which is somebody else's interpretation of that landscape somebody else's language and to take possibly the greatest poet of all time and certainly one of the greatest poets of all time and then try to make paintings that live up to that that's probably going to last me till I drop dead, I should imagine. I wonder if you're holding a little bit tight to that idea. Mm, I wonder if I am. And I wonder if... Oh, I'll have to edit that bit out when I move my chair. I wonder... Yes, I wonder if I am. I wonder if I just need to let go of it for a little while and let that come back through without thinking. Yeah. I mean, when I was writing notes for it and I wasn't quite sure how you were going to bring this up, I wrote, I think we need a degree of um, giving up or giving in. And um, this, this is where it's moving between that thinking stage and the just doing it. If you're too conscious about it, that's going to come through. Yeah. But you can you could go back to that painting if you didn't care at all about what the outcome of it was. So it's almost like not even looking at it at the end, just just going. But you've I but I do think you need to go into it. Not caring about it is not the same thing as not having a clear intention for it. No, it's so, so true. It's so true. And the funny thing is, so I've got people in the course at the moment, and I set them this assignment for this week, which was to paint a feeling not not necessarily an emotion but a feeling either a physical feeling or a mental feeling and some people you when you're going through the Facebook feed you see the ones that express a feeling it's very very clear and then you see the ones and you know before you even read the comment that they were thinking too much and then they'll say I think I got stuck in thinking in trying to how can I convey rain how can I you know what marks can I use what colors can I use whereas you can see the people who just say took an oil pastel and made marks or did a you know did use paint so I agree totally it's like I need to do my own I need to do my own lessons (laughs) yeah teach what we most need to learn yeah exactly but it's so what so what is that then so what we're talking then so you've lost a certain emotional feeling in that painting what is the best space for you to get back into that and for me often it is getting to that point where and I know you say that you push this one over the edge and and you feel like you've lost it I think I would say you didn't quite push it over the edge because you were thinking too hard at that point and pushing it over the edge is is actually being able to let go of all of that and paint without caring about it but holding that clear I I mean it's the difference between walking through a dark foggy room and knowing you've got to get to the other side so you just keep walking until you get to the other side and touch the wall and standing in the middle of the room and fumbling around until you feel something but you're never going to because you're standing in the middle of an empty room so you've got to have that intention of I'm going to keep going till I hit the wall on the other side 
that's what I'm going to do. I know if I just keep, keep going, I'll get there. Yeah. I've got to paint with that kind of intention. For what, so what is it? What needs bringing you, back to that painting to make it feel good? But can I just ask a question before I answer that? Mm. Do you think you have to do that when you're not, like when you're exhausted creatively, you think that you have to keep going? Because I'm starting to go more onto the side of, no, I think I need to refill. No, I don't think you have to do that. I think you have to do that if you want to resolve that painting. Yeah, right now. But I think it depends where you are totally in your creative cycle with it and I think that there are times when you need to turn away and not paint at all which is why I said yesterday I think last week there are times where painting isn't the answer there are times when not painting is the answer just yeah. stop just but don't then, do it but then what do you do if that is and this is where I come back to my idea of some outlet paintings because what do you do if that is your outlet that is Mm. your joy that is your source of and everything else that you're doing is a lot of work and then you've got I I don't like vegging in front of the tv I don't like doing it I don't like not doing things I just if you have sometimes having a small project alongside helps you you yeah I think this is different for everybody in, in every situation sometimes it helps sometimes it's just an irritation yeah because you know what you're doing is avoiding that big painting yeah i can see i do i'm fortunate to have another space i could move them all into another space and get them out of here which would be good i have actually taken a decision this morning and signed up for uh gabe's gabriel lipper's course because i felt like um after we talked yesterday i'd really he was my artist guest on my group and I had a really good understanding of what he's wanting to teach and I thought you know what I need something different yeah I need some different input even just these artist interviews is so energizing and inspiring to hear other people and how they work and how they think through their paintings and you know I've said to you for a while that I'm interested in somehow bringing some kind of representational references into these paintings yeah but every time I try, they feel forced and not genuine. You've got um, to have that source material there. What do you mean? Well, I think you really, and when I think where Gabe's real strength is, is, is that, that those kind of elements have to come from real observational drawing that become... No, totally. But I've yeah. got the real observational drawings, but they're in a sketchbook. So right. when I go out and I draw my stone walls and my gates and my, I've got, you know, drawings I really love. But if I bring that exact kind of drawing into the paintings, there's always this, there's two things that happen. Everyone on Facebook goes, oh, I love that one because it's got something recognizable in it. And I know, yeah, but it's not integrated in the way that I want it to be. It's not subtle enough. And then if I go as subtle as I am now, it's not really representational. So anyway, his course is all about blending the two. And I thought, well, the worst that comes out of it is I draw for eight weeks, you know, or however long it is. And I get a drawing practice going again, which I've dropped a little bit in the last few months. And the best that comes out of it is it may, it may resolve that question for me. Um, and I'm, I'm mentioning this course, but just for anybody listening, by the time you hear this, it's definitely closed because he had a couple of extra places and I sneaked in, but he said it will be closed. So I can't, unfortunately, you can't join it. But anyway, I just thought that's one thing I'm going to do. I'm going to, the next thing I'm going to do is to, and this is tied to it anyway, is to get back out again and get back into my drawing. Yep. Get back into my observing. Um get back into the feeling of being outside on my own because that's the feeling that I want to bring in. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so those, those are my, and then, and then the other thing is these is look, spending more time really looking at, and I encourage people on my course to do this too. Um, and I do it all the time, but to get back into it more looking at the kind of work I've made in the past that made me feel excited and examining why 
this is what you were saying about this painting, but I don't really have enough of a detailed record of this one, unfortunately. I have some things, but going back into things that I do really love and saying, why did I really love that as opposed to this one that I just kind of like? What, what is the difference between the two? And, and trying to bring some analysis into it without paralyzing myself when I come back to paint, which is always the balance. I think we're on the same track about this sense of ultimately it's all about understanding your work isn't it it's it's about understanding your work understanding your process and knowing when it hits that spot for you because um we've spoken already this morning about a funny comment left on one of my um youtube videos by somebody who obviously didn't hit the spot for which is fine (laughs) quite amusing but that's the point the point is that there is a point in your painting which hits the spot for you and with all of us we all have that and we all have some paintings that we know feel like we got it and it's it's a great feeling but the more that we can understand about that and what got it to that situation was it the mood you were in, the way you were mixing the paint, how you were feeling when you were doing it. There are so many different nuances to understand. And the closer that you can get to understanding that, the closer that you can get to the likelihood that it's going to happen again, not in a predictable way, but because you're edging all the time, just closer and closer and closer to what makes your work unique. And what I think what I've realized over the last um, couple of months and conversations that I've been having with people over the last maybe even two weeks or so is that for me it's about getting much much simpler so really narrowing down on what it is that gives you that kick with painting so I'm trying to really pare back really pare back and the question is what do you, what do you leave that's still of interest? And you know, it, it's like this, it's like this hazy line, like, where is it interesting? Oh, no, that's not interesting. That's got really boring. It's too predictable. It's all the same. Put too much back into it again. Oh, no, now it's all complicated and it's all distracting. And it, you're just constantly tuning, 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 tuning closer to what it is for you and then I get to a point with a painting and I think right I've done it I've resolved it in that painting I've got it that's kind of like hitting all the spaces it's got all those little taste sensations on my tongue I'm done with that one that feels good someone else is going to walk into the room and go don't get it I don't care yeah I don't care so when I say you've got to think about what it is or what intention you want to bring back in, that's what it is. It's about narrowing down, narrowing down, narrowing down. And I think sometimes, you know, the answer, the answer is in keep turning up to do the work and not stopping too soon. Don't stop because you're fearful, which I don't think is an issue at all with you. And sometimes I think the, the answer is go out, do something else, do drawing, have a break. I mean, you know, my year has a different pattern to it. And I think it's really good in all things to go off and do something totally different and it will feed back in. And if you put those painting, if you put that painting against the wall or in another room, you'll pull it out again in two months time and you could work on that for an hour and a half and it could go from there to being done mm. because you'll see it more clearly again. Yes. And I think I you're agree just with too that. close. I agree with that. So I think, yeah, I think I think the, the, the idea of the, I always think with any kind of course, I don't think I've ever taken a course that was a complete waste of time. No. There's always something that yeah. comes out of it. Yeah. And if you, it will be tight for me to fit the time in to do this. This is going to be difficult. But um, the things I learn, I can apply later. And it may be, there may be something in there that's just the spark that will but I think you're right I think I definitely feel like at the moment I'm drained like like a battery that's run out and if I was to go back and try and do something today it's just not going to work it takes big paintings take a lot of energy yeah well, they do yeah. for me anyway. I don't no, know. They may, do, may, yeah. Maybe that's simply because I'm still at the beginning of painting on that. I'm not even painting that huge yet either, yeah. really. You know, hundred what's that, four foot? It's yeah. not even really that massive yet. But it's a flipping big step up from 10 inches. Yeah. Um, and 
it, you know, so it may be just that I'm at the beginning stages of that, but I know that for me, I have, I have to feel energetically ready to take that on. And maybe that's a story that I'm telling myself. It's how I feel about it at the moment. So that's, that is how it is at the moment. So I get you entirely. If you're not feeling like you're in the mood for doing that, that is nothing. You put them to one side. We just have to keep reminding ourselves of the longevity of this. Yeah. You know, so, so you haven't got a pain or you've been working on this series for a year and a half. It's not a big deal. It's yeah. not a long time, really. I don't know. I found this, I found this reference too, because it was interesting in this discussion about, um, you know, how you think and how you feel about it. Supposedly Picasso, the chief enemy of creativity is good sense. <laughs> and I, I, there's something in that is that you have to, you have to do whatever it takes to get you out of that space of thinking you can't create a painting with logic. You can't. No. And I'll tell you my last idea I've had to get myself out of this because I do want to paint and I don't want to give up, but I don't want to mess up what I'm doing and I don't want to just go around in circles on it. Yeah. So my other idea I had is since the one thing I love to do, and I always tell everybody, follow what you love. Love, love, love is sanding back paintings. And this one um, is not a painting. The one that my husband was like, oh, that's amazing. It's not because it was no intention in it whatsoever. Yeah. And you can tell that because there's no design. There's no. But I thought, you know, what would be really fun is I've got lots of little scrap bits of old paintings that I never finished or more than I thought when I tidied up and moved studios. If I took those and I and I intentionally started to play with intentionally building up things to sand back just as a outlet, not planning with an idea, not planning, you know, just see what happens and play with building up texture with gesso and play with, and as soon as I think about that, I'm quite excited about the possibilities yeah. of what you could create. Yeah. Um, and I think the other thing I, I wanted to suggest, if anybody, if this is ringing true for anybody else is maybe trying that. Like, is there some little silly idea that you've had, which you feel is unrelated to what you're doing that you could explore for a while? What do you yeah, think? Yeah, always. I think it's different lines of inquiry, isn't it? And I think the difference, the difference is at the moment you're trying to resolve those paintings according to your current, if you like, framework of what makes a good painting, balancing the design, da, 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 da. Now you're talking about a project that is being led by your natural curiosity mm -hmm. and that that's what's going to lead you and get you back into that space where you can come back and you can approach your work with a sense of oomph again um, yeah. and I think you know there are plenty of artists and painters who don't have well, they do have a design, but the design is deliberately extremely simple because the chief focus is on the texture and you know maybe sanding is part of that maybe it isn't in their work maybe it's collage maybe it's all sorts of other things that are in that but that's a whole new area it's like one subset isn't it of of painting building texture yeah um, yeah but, and i just know, thought ready for that you know, to take over. yeah it just could be an interesting fun project and it's interesting that that suddenly feels like there's no weight on that yep um, yeah. and it, which is what I'm teaching people in the course and what, and they're observing themselves when they put weight on something, which is what I've done with this Ted Hughes series, because I admire his poetry because it means so much to me to get it right. I think all that yeah. is playing into this, whereas just exploring an idea of what happens if I deliberately build up these colors and then go back in and, you know, that that's exciting in a different way it, it the only thing that i would say is i think it makes it makes great sense to do to do those kind of things and perhaps keep them as separate exercises while you're learning however when you do that it's trickier to bring them back into your again real paintings because you've you've got that separation i you know this it sounds to me similar to you know, basically what I've been doing over the last six months or so is really thinking about fluid paint, fluid paint, dripping through a paint, dragging fluid paint over dry, wet and wet, 
but basically it's all fluid paint from this how do I make things a bit softer if I had been doing all of those on separate test panels I, I still don't think I'd perhaps be any closer to how it actually integrated with my work and it's only because I've been prepared to cut paintings by really working with those new ideas within the painting itself and then you don't have that awkward okay now I'm going to transition it in so I would just I would I don't know I don't know whether I would just go for it with the paintings that you've got on the go at the moment problem yeah I suppose problem with that is the textures and the they don't really relate to the idea I have at all so that would need this is a different idea so I think it's possible but we'll see I might be wrong to explore two different ideas at once and yeah. to have two different things going and see which one. So we talked about this when we talked about cul-de-sacs. Is the Ted Hughes actually a cul-de-sac? I don't know. You know, maybe I would explore something else and go, actually, this is what I really want to be doing at the moment. Or not. I'm, I suppose I'm thinking of the sanding thing as more like an outlet. Oh, it's definitely me. an outlet. Yeah, like power that. tools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to gouge with tools. I want to try all the power tools. <laughs> I want to try bashing I them. I broke my power tool this week. I'm not oh, happy. did you? I did. Anyway, so I don't know if we resolved anything for me, but we. I hope we've helped people who might be feeling a bit similar. I think we have, just by recognising that, like, th this is part of it having having a bad week or a bad day in the studio it, it's part of actually what we want to happen and um this, this is going to be a breakthrough in some other regard yeah for definite for definite i think it i think it means that you're doing it right actually i think if you don't have times like this you're not actually moving anything forward you're mm -hmm. just doing what you know how to do yeah and and that's all right for, for some people that's a whole separate conversation we had with brian ruttenberg where he thinks you should do one thing over and over and refine and refine and refine um but that, so then you're taking tiny steps forward whereas i i just more happy going taking bigger steps forward which means you go backwards which means you fall over which means you fail the key to it is how you're feeling about it though so as soon as you start so some of it is thinking you're thinking what is it what's not right what da, 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 da. what feels good the sanding the texture the paper the collage then you start feeling excited that's that's it that's your great big signpost yeah it is you're right yeah totally is do that turn your week around <laughs> and do it make sure you do it within a week and by next week i want to see you back on track again okay <laughs> yes miss <laughs> that won't happen in amongst this slightly tricky challenging week then what have you found that's inspired you so inspiring has been my students on the course this is the stage of the course where in week three where people start to have shifts some people have them week one but generally it's about week three and then into the fourth module where people start to really have shifts and what's so inspiring is I might be tired I might come back from ruining mm. my painting and then I open up Facebook and I see true excitement from people mm. who've had a block for a long time to create saying I understand why I can't I couldn't do it and now I can't stop and that is so super inspiring and makes everything worthwhile mm. and I genuinely I was thinking the other day it's the nicest thing I do in my life is mm. teaching this course mm. um, it, it it makes me feel good to see other people feeling good and it's yeah it's just so inspiring and the work is beautiful some of the paintings are so beautiful so it's just wonderful so yeah it always peps me up and when I when I feel tired all I have to do is open that Facebook group and I start to feel good again do people have a hashtag that they're sharing them under oh that's a good question I'm not organized enough to have set that up myself I think we might be doing um it'll either be find your joy 2020 
some people might be doing FYJ 2020. Right. Um, most of it is in the private Facebook group, but I haven't actually looked. Isn't that terrible? And I should be more organized and self-promotional that we have a hashtag that everyone's using, but I wasn't. (laughs) It would just be nice to see some, that's all. What about you? What's inspired you? Right. So mine is, I have finally got round to um, editing an interview that I did an artist spotlight with one of our members, Helen Elliott. And we recorded this just before lockdown. And she is an artist based in Wales who has built a long career that includes licensing, print, workshops. And a part of this was talking about workshops. So it didn't feel appropriate to, you know, release that at the time when suddenly that was something that was being shut off. But, you know, over well over two decades of experience, three decades of experience of making a living as an artist. This is an interview that needed to to get out there. So I have been editing that. And I think what comes up in that time and time again is just this approach that I think we've been talking about today, about having that sense of long-term belief in yourself and that there is a possibility and that there is a way through this. You know, the only way that's, that you are guaranteed to fail as if you stop Mm. you give up if you give up that's it you know done deal it's over if you keep going you'll find a way through and I think that's what really came through to me from this and yet she is the gentlest um she's very calm it's it's just this almost deep trust that yeah I'm just going to do it there are going to be some decisions that I make that go right or that go wrong or that I've made mistakes on or I have to ask difficult questions on or I have to adjust the way that I'm working but just this sense of continuation I, 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 I that was really good for me to go back and to edit it and listen to it months later as I was editing it um, and that kind of feeling that came through it's very reassuring, I think, when you see somebody else who's done it, you know, been out beyond the other end. She's more experienced than me. I don't know what she's doing in my group, but she's very happy there. <laughs> well, I look forward to watching that when you yeah. do release it. It's going to be good. Um, and the other thing that I've quite enjoyed this week is going to make you laugh. It's a, a very, very heavy book on HTML. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, that sounds so like fun. exciting. <laughs> um, prompted by somebody helping me make a very tiny tweak to something on my website based on a tiny little bit of HTML code. And it's the kind of thing that would make me have total heebie-jeebies about three years ago, five years ago, whenever, actually, six months ago. But the little thrill of changing two letters in a piece of code or putting some extra thing in a bracket before or after, and then it magically making it do something on the interwebs i'm sorry but that's kind of a thrill um almost on par with you know when you do that tiny tweak in a painting and it feels really good so i finally just thought well maybe maybe it would be quite interesting to learn a little bit more about this i'm not going to start coding websites but sometimes there's the way that something appears in your website and it's not just how you want it to be and it can be a very 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 tiny change so maybe the thrill is or the inspiration is those tiny tiny changes that can make all the difference but yeah I'm I'm bedtime reading html what can I say (laughs) you must be just fascinating at parties I could, I could tell you. Do you, do you want to know? I'll, I'll give you some highlights. We'll do a whole episode on, on highlights, HTML highlights for you. So that's us for this week. If you've had a challenging week in the studio, know that you are in good company. And I hope our conversation today has helped you. If you enjoy listening to us, it would be great to see some reviews on iTunes. Is it called iTunes anymore? Is it called Apple Podcasts? I think it's anyway. Apple Podcasts now. Wherever you listen, I think you can leave a review. That would be absolutely wonderful for us to read on the days when we get crappy reviews on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you again next week. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Bye.